Hi, this is the Besties Budget Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Hannah. And we are two gals in our 30s who ditch debt from their 20s to live their best life through their 90s. So you can too. And a real quick disclaimer, the views expressed on this podcast and in all of our content are personal opinions only and should not be construed as financial advice. Any action taken based on this information is strictly at your own risk. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Besties Budget Podcast. I'm here with Hannah. And I'm here with Lauren. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So the first thing we want to do, just like last time, is give you a little overview, a little table of contents, and let you know what we're going to be talking about today because we've got a nice full episode for you. So Hannah, what are we talking about first? Well, first thing we're going to do is talk about zero-based budgeting. Lauren's going to give us the rundown on that. And then I'm going to take over and talk to you about a cash envelope system and sinking funds. Stinking fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we are going to go over a resource library that we're putting together for you guys, which is very exciting. It's a work in progress and it's going to be updated every single week. Then we're going to go ahead and talk about the good and the bad of our last week and how our homework went and what homework we're going to assign next week. Well, I guess not next week, but for the next two weeks. Yeah, so we'll go over next week's challenge that we're going to do that you guys can feel free to follow along with. Uh, Yeah, so that's the agenda for today, and we'll go ahead and dive right into zero-based budgeting. So first, we're going to dive into zero-based budgeting. What I want to do is I want to give you a little bit of a background and a history of where I was before zero-based budgeting, how and why I found it, how it's helped me, and then I want to give you an idea of what it is and how you can do it. So where was I before zero-based budgeting? Well, for a very long time, I lived paycheck to paycheck, not because that was my best option, but because I just didn't know there was a better way. I would kind of get paid, close my eyes, swipe my card, spend how I wanted, and hope that there was enough money for rent and bills at the end of the month. And if I had any wiggle room in my paycheck, I wouldn't know it because I probably would have just found a way to spend that extra money on shopping or on Starbucks or on drinks or something like that. And then, of course, there was the anxiety of, well, I hope there's enough for rent. And eventually, by the time I was in my late 20s, and I would say all the way up until mid-last year, I got to the point where this was so not working for me and I was so absolutely desperate that if I had continued like this just on a wing and a prayer and hoping there was enough money in my account for the expenses that I didn't even really know were coming up, um, I would have just kept digging myself into an even worse debt situation than I was already in. And this is when I really found um, the Every Dollar app and Dave Ramsey. And this method, his zero-based budgeting method, um, have really, really, truly saved my budget and saved my finances. So what is zero-based budgeting? So zero-based budgeting is a way of budgeting where your income minus your expenses 
equals zero. So your income minus what you spend equals zero. And there are ways to track this in different apps. I use every dollar, but there are tons of apps you do this. So what this means for you and for what I had to do for homework and what you will have to do for homework is you first off have to know exactly how much money you're making. Typically, unless you're some kind of freelancer, that's usually the easy part. For a lot of us, that tends to be pretty consistent. The hard part for me was learning what all of my expenses were because there are some that are fairly consistent, like rent, utilities, phone bills, insurance. But then there's all of those other expenses like groceries or the things that I just feel like buying or the things that vary month to month. And if you don't have discipline and a plan around that, in my experience, that's what threw my whole budget off. So it was really important for me to go in, realize how much I was making, and then make sure that all of my expenses, the things I was spending money on, were no more than what I was making. In fact, that they were down to the penny, zero balanced out. So I hope that that gives you a pretty good overview. And if you are a more visual learner as I am, I am going to go on IGTV and run you through what my budget looks like so you can kind of see what it looks like in the app visually right in front of you if that may give you a better idea of what a zero balance budget looks like. So I yeah, I hope that gives you a good idea. Well, I actually have some questions, Lauren, if that's okay. It's okay. All right. (laughs) As always, like we like to do, we don't tell each other what the questions are going to be, just so you can get some real candid answers. (laughs) Um, So my first question, this is actually a question from Instagram um, about zero-based budgeting, is, well, okay, let's say you go through your expenses, but then you still have leftover income. Where do you put that income? Do you put it in, like, a savings bucket or do you just add to your fund money? Like what do you do with um, income that you get that you don't specifically have to put toward a bill? That's actually a really great question. And if you are so hashtag blessed that you have leftover income, which is an amazing problem to have, I think that really depends on your goals. So, you know, I would ask yourself where you are in your financial journey. Are you in debt? Because if you do, you should have a very clear plan of where you're putting your extra money. Whether you're on the avalanche plan, which I think we covered slightly last time, which is paying off your highest interest debt first, or you're on the snowball method, which is paying your smallest debt first. Um, You're listing your debt smallest to largest. So if you're in debt, I would say if, if that's your plan, then you know exactly where your extra money is going. Now, if you are out of debt and you are still uh, making your 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 larger savings account, your emergency fund, which is three to six months expenses, then I would say that's where that should go. And if you're beyond that point, um, then I think that's a conversation for a different day. But it sounds like if you're if you've even got your six months expenses and you're completely out of debt, then you probably have some idea of where you want that money to go. But I would say it depends on your goals. And I'm guessing that most people listening here are fall into any of those categories. So it's either your initial $1,000 emergency fund or going towards your debt or going to your three to six months expenses. So that's what I would say uh, one should do with any overflow cash. Yeah, that's a good call. You might also want to consider putting that into a sinking fund, which we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit, but that's, yeah, makes a lot totally. of sense. 
<clears throat> okay, um, my last question. There were only two. <laughs> <laughs> your first, that was my, your first. This is your last. Okay, great. <laughs> the alpha and the omega. <laughs> um, so my omega question is, well, and it might be a similar answer. What if you allocate a certain amount of money to, let's say, uh, your electricity bill? But an electricity bill might be a little, it might change based on, you know, what's happening. Like my electricity bill will definitely be going up because I am spending much more time at home. Um, So what if that happens? Are you allowed to change your budget? If you have to change your budget, what can you do? What are your options? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think this can be a case-by-case basis. It depends how much flexibility you like to leave in your budget. Obviously, there should not be too much flexibility because that assumes you're still on course and you have a plan. Um, but that happens to me all the time. I'll have planned you know, $100 for electricity and it ends up being 110 For me personally, the way I handle it is I've found through trial and error the best thing is to have one category in my budget that is a miscellaneous fund. It ends up being a couple hundred dollars a month and it's very easy to put some random expense that you might need like oh my god my son needs photos printed of his grandparents for his daycare and it's going to cost me five bucks well i can throw it into my miscellaneous fund it's not like emergency fund territory but it's something that i kind of do need in the moment and the great thing about this is it's flexible and if you need to take if your electricity bill is 110 instead of 100 you can now take the total of what you had allocated for your miscellaneous fund for the month from 200 dollars down to 190 and then you can up your electricity allocation by $10. So that way your budget still balances at the end of the month. So that's personally how I handle that. Now, maybe you don't have that luxury of a $200 miscellaneous fund, which is totally understandable. And I have 100% been there and it's really tough. And you have a couple options here. You can grit your teeth and you can take 10 bucks out of your groceries and you look in the back of the pantry and you say, you know what, kids, sorry, we're having rice and beans and hot sauce and you're going to like it. (laughs) Or you hop in your car and you sign up for Postmates and you go out on a Saturday night with your boo and you guys make 10 bucks. So it really depends on your situation. And if you can afford the flexibility of that miscellaneous fund, then that's so awesome. And sometimes you can't. And you got to take money away from another category. But the most important thing is that you got a Hawkeye and you know exactly how much you're going over and under and that you just stay really diligent with that. And I think if you have your eyes on that path, then you're going to be and you're consistent about it, then you're going to have success here no matter what. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I like how you talked about you can either I mean, you only have a certain set of income. So you either have to lower your expenses or raise your income. Those are really your only choices there. So it is, it's about saying laser focused and, and Hawkeye and making sure that you get it done when yeah. you can. Totally agree. And again, this is trial and error and I, I can talk more about this in further episodes, but I'm still constantly figuring out what works best mm-hmm. for my budget. For me personally, the most important thing is to look at it every single day so that I'm not in denial and I'm not saying, oh, let's just pretend that that trip to Starbucks didn't happen. <laughs> just own up to it. It's okay. Yeah. I blew my grocery budget like crazy this month, and we will talk about that when we talk about cash envelopes and kind of my reason behind it, but just look at it every day. And just to tie this all to a close, I will also make a post on our Instagram in case you are a visual learner as I am and you want to see what this looks like in action. So I think that wraps up zero-based budgeting. The bottom line is just make sure your income and your expenses match exactly, and you have a plan for every single dollar that comes in. So that is how I will tie this up. And next, we're going to move on to talking about cash envelopes and sinking funds, which Hannah here is pretty much an expert on. So, <laughs> so stick around. 
Hey there, this is Hannah, and I am going to talk about cash envelopes and sinking funds. Before I begin, I do want to point out that it can be difficult to understand this concept if you're just listening to it, especially if this is completely brand new. So I do just want to throw out there that if you're following us over on Instagram at besties.budget, that I'm going to be doing an IGTV and sort of showing this in a visual way. Um, So if this doesn't quite make sense, please feel free to hop on over there. That's going to be up uh, this week and that might be a little bit easier for you. But let me try my best to kind of break this down. I'm going to get my teacher voice ready. (laughs) (laughs) Class. Um, I'm a teacher. That's why that's funny. (laughs) Okay. So when you're thinking about cash envelopes, we've just talked about zero-based budgeting. So uh, think about your budget as you know, you have this big pile of money and every single dollar in that budget has a job. Okay. So you have your consumables, things that get used quickly. So think of that as gas, as groceries, as um, dining out, that kind of thing. And then you have your non-consumables. That's like your your insurance, your mortgage. So for your non-consumables, you're not paying for those in cash. Now you can either pay for those like uh, my husband and I do. We put those on our credit card, but we don't carry a balance. We just pay it off at the end of the month, the entire amount. Um, or if you have issues with credit cards, just have those directly come out of your debit account. That is completely valid, um, and you just have to have a real deep dive into the uh, the, the waters of Lake U and uh, see, to use a RuPaul reference, um, and to see if you are really in a in a space, in an emotional space to use your credit card. If you are not, please don't do that. Just to have that come out of your debit account. But those are non-consumables. We're not really talking about those right now. We're talking about the consumable things um, that you're going to pay for in cash, and you're going to keep that cash in an envelope. Hence cash envelopes. So let's just say your consumables are um, your pets, uh, fun times out with your spouse, groceries, and gas. Okay, so there are two ways that you can make cash envelopes. You can do it in a general way. I like to call it the general way. Or you can do it in a category way. When my husband and I first started doing this, we absolutely did it in the general way because it seemed very overwhelming to do all of these different envelopes for different categories. So we broke down our cash that we took out at the beginning of the month, every month, into one envelope. And on that envelope, we put categories of weeks. So we had our first week, our second week, our third week, and our fourth week. We would draw that on the envelope. And then In those weeks, we just had three different categories, gas, groceries, and other, okay? So gas is just the gas that you put in your car. Groceries are the food uh, that you get for your house or anything else that you need uh, for your household. And then other is like going to the movies or getting your nails done, whatever you're going to do in other. And we would give ourselves that cash for that week, have it inside our envelope, and then on the envelope, we would mark off when we spent something. So if I went out and got my car filled and I spent $15 on that, I'd give that $15 in cash to the, what do you call it? The gas station attendant? Yes. There you go. Um, Give that to him. And then on my envelope, I would under 20, which is what we'd allocated for gas that week, I would write minus 15 
And then I would see that I had $5 left of cash in that envelope. And here's the big thing. When that envelope was empty, you could no longer spend money, right? So after your allocated funds were gone, it was gone. Um, So that's the kind of the general way of using a cash envelope. The other way that you can use a cash envelope is the category way. So instead of having one envelope that has categories written on top of it, you actually have several envelopes, envelope, envelope, which would you say? Um, you definitely, you have different category envelopes. And so I'm looking at my envelopes this in, in front of me and I see household cats. That's one envelope. A separate envelope is says fun on it. Then I have a third envelope and it says groceries on it. Then I have a fourth envelope and it says gas slash car. And on this envelope, it has a start balance and it has a table under it that says date spent on and amount. So you're essentially doing the same thing that you did with the general envelope, but instead of having all of your cash in one envelope, you've just split your cash into these different envelopes. Now, I always like to say that unless you have been doing this kind of cash system for a long time, I would avoid just using your debit card. Now, why, you might ask, because it's essentially the same thing. It's just yeah, cash, right? It's not, it's not a credit. It's your cash. Well, I'll tell you why. You're not seeing that money. You're not physically holding cash in your hand. It is very difficult to visually connect your like brain to your hand when you're using a card. There's something about, and there's been studies done where you, you spend, I'm going to make this number up, but you spend like 10% more using a credit card or a debit card than you would if you had cash. And that's because we fundamentally understand that when we have a resource in our hand and it's gone, there's none left. But when we're using a card with just a kind of a mystery number almost on this card, and there's nothing that leaves our hand, we keep the card, right? So when you have a credit card or a debit card and you hand it over to the cashier, well, not anymore, but you you still hand it over to the cashier and they'd swipe it, they're giving you that card back. There's nothing in your brain that's saying, oh, my resource is gone, right? But if you have cash and you hand over that cash, that cash is gone. You don't get it back. The cashier keeps it. I would also add to this uh, something I think is really prevalent more recently because we're on the internet so much. You can't buy things online in cash. Mm. And we spent a, I spent a lot of time on social media and marketers know that and they're really good at their job. Mm. And they make me want stuff that is legitimately cool that I would legitimately enjoy. But if I only have <clears throat> my fun money or whatever money allocated in cash, I can see even how for me personally, that would be helpful because it's really easy to justify from a pool of money uh, you know, oh, I'll just take a little bit out of my debit account that I've allocated for this other thing. And I'll just like buy this cool thing online for 10 bucks. And you don't really feel it until at the end of the month, you only have $20 for groceries instead of 65 for that week or whatever. So for me personally, I could see that being a huge benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also think we have this thing in our head that's like, oh, $4, that's not a lot of money, you know, but every single day, that starts to add up. So $4 in cash, when you have only, you know, $20 of ones in your hand, giving her that $4 seems like a much bigger purchase than when it was $4 in your, you know, like maybe $3,000 pot in your debit account, right? 
$4 doesn't seem a lot compared to $3,000. But when you only have $20 in your hand, $4 seems like a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to visually see, to visually understand what money even means anymore. We're so far removed from our own money uh, with these debit cards or even worse than that, like Lauren mentioned, online spending where you're completely removed and marketers want you to be completely removed. They don't want you to even see money really as as a resource, as a commodity. They want you to just think of it sort of like, oh, I have this money, but I, it's fluid. But when you have it tangibly in your hand, it just, it means something different. It's different. Um, so I think that's, that's the benefit of doing it in cash. So I'm going to move on a little bit because I want to talk about the number one question that I get about cash envelopes. And that's, well, what if I have $20 in my grocery account? but it's at the end of the month and I don't really need any more groceries. What do I do with that leftover money? Well, first of all, congratulations. <laughs> you <laughs> send it to me. That's amazing. Um, now, again, like you want your money to work for you. So you, if you're in a situation where you're constantly in one category, you have too much money, that, that's a clue for you that you have to go back and rebudget because clearly you aren't, you don't need as much money as you might have thought you'd you needed in the past. So that's a good opportunity for you to go back and rebudget. Um, but in the meantime, before you do that, you can always borrow across but you can never borrow forward. So what does that mean? Well, that means let's say I have that 20 extra dollars in my groceries, but I don't need it. Well, I can, if I'm all out of my fun money, I can decide, well, I'm going to take that $20 and I'm going to take my husband out and we're going to have, you know, a margarita at the Salty Sal, right? Um, and you and you can do that. You can borrow over from one category to the next, but let's say it's the opposite, and you run out of money, you don't have any money left in your grocery account, I can't say, well, next week, I'm going to just give myself $20 less. No, 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 no. That's a credit system. And we're not working on a credit system. We're working in a cash system. Now, um, some of you might say, well, but I know, but I know I'm going to I mean, the next day, I'm going to give myself $20 in cash. So what's what's the big deal? Well, I think I would say, look outside. Did you think a pandemic was coming, right? You never know. You absolutely never know what your financial situation is going to be tomorrow. Uh, And it's a scary thing, but it's true. You don't know what your financial situation is going to be next month, for sure, 100%. So you never want to borrow against yourself. You have the money that you have. And and we always like to say, when the envelope is empty, stop spending money. That's what we have on our cash envelopes um, that you guys can download later. Uh, but when the envelope is empty, you stop spending money. It's it's a hard no. So that's kind of what cash envelopes are. Again, I'm going to do an IGTV in case that was confusing. It's okay. You can look at it. And just very briefly, because it's sort of tied in, I'm going to talk about sinking funds because you might see that alongside some of the other information out there. A sinking fund is essentially um, uh, a some might call it like a rainy day fund, uh, but a more specific rainy day fund. So let's say I really want to save for a trip to Greece, okay? And that trip to Greece is going to cost $1,000. Well, I might make an envelope that says dream trip to Greece on it, $1,000. And every month I might add money to that envelope, cash to that envelope, right? So it's like a little savings account, but instead of putting it in an account, 
you keep it in the envelope, in a cash envelope. So you actually have an envelope full of cash as savings specifically toward that fund. So there's lots of different sinking funds people do. They do new pet adoption. They do house repair. They might do new car. Now, things like holiday gifts and birthdays are also a really good one. So you don't get blindsided by spending $600 on your family come Mm -hmm. December and have to freak out and put it on a credit card. That's a good one. Right. And you know, it, it depends on you and it depends on the amount of the amount of money. Kind of the rule of thumb is a cash envelope sinking fund should only be a fund that you're going to use within the year. Because if you're not going to use it within the year, it makes more financial sense to put that in a high yield savings account or to put that in a place where it accrues interest. But if you're going to use it within the year, um, it's it's pretty negligible what you're going to get on that. So you might as well keep it in an envelope. The other rule of thumb is that it's going to be not toward a debt because that debt should just be paid directly to that debt instead of like, oh, I'm going to have a cash envelope for, uh, you know, my my dental bill. No, don't, don't save money for a debt. Just pay toward that debt because the longer that that debt money sits, the more likely it is that you're actually just going to spend that debt money on other things that come up. So go ahead and pay that debt directly. This is more things that are future-based than past-based. All right. That is a very brief overview on what cash envelopes and sinking funds are. And we mentioned kind of briefly about a resource library that we're putting together. It's going to be totally free and it's going to have all of the templates that we've made for our cash envelopes. We've kind of shown a few of them on Instagram. There's going to be more in there. We're also going to have um, a bunch of other resources that we build as, as the weeks go on. So we'll give you information on how to access that, but we're pretty excited to bring that to you. Okay, now we're going to follow up on a segment that we started last week called The, the Good and the Bad. bad. <laughs> no rehearsal. <laughs> okay, so in this segment we talk about in this past two weeks, actually, since we recorded our last episode, budgeting financially wise, what's been going really well for us and what has been going less well. So I'll go ahead and start. My good from the past two weeks was that I was able to pay off a chunk of my credit card. Yay! I put $738 towards my credit card and I am officially below three thousand dollars in credit card debt i think i'm at about 20 2500 maybe now um which is super super exciting and it has not been that low for about two years so that was my big win now the bad let's just say um i had a really hard time staying in my grocery budget this month i actually just in a horrible hideous way completely blew it out of the water And I mean, I guess my excuses are, as I talked about last time, moving into a new apartment, I just wasn't sure what I would need. But also, I just bought a lot of stuff because I knew I was going to be stuck inside. I actually definitely overbought and I'm still getting used to being a um, 
a single a single person single mom household instead of um having my ex-partner here so i'm really honestly kind of adjusting my budget based on that honestly that i just overspent by like hundreds of dollars so that was kind of a bad for me but you know based on our conversation today i my challenge for this coming week if i can talk about that yes my challenge for this these next two weeks and really april in general is going to be using a cash envelope for my groceries because what i have done in the past since starting zero-based budgeting is i just use my debit card and especially with something like groceries that as you kind of talked about i think you hit the nail on the head it's a consumable and also my moods are kind of fluid around it like if I'm just out shopping and it's not like oh it's just $52 for my phone it's like how much food might I need and what do I feel like having it's a lot easier to overspend on that and just swipe my debit card so my challenge for myself for the next two weeks is to exactly stick to my grocery budget based only on a cash envelope because I've never done that before even though tons of people have success with it and I kind of was like I don't need that but actually I do because just to give you some hard numbers because I think it's helpful for when we mess up that's okay I had budgeted $250 for groceries this month, and I spent $550. Wow. <clears throat> I know. I told you. I was, like, very impulsive. So I, I, I'm I, not shy about the fact that I really do actually legitimately need work in that category, even though over the long haul my budgeting skills have come a very long way. I would say that's the major lagging category for me. So that's my challenge. Am I good and my bad? Hannah, how about you? I love that. First of all, I want to come over to your house because whatever you got, <laughs> The grocery store, I'm it's sure. It's a lot of chocolate-covered pretzels. <laughs> I will consume those consumables. <laughs> okay, so the good and the bad. The first of all, I just want to say is a huge win. I, I think we talked about this last month. Kyle and I got, my husband and I, well, I already I dropped his name. Sorry, babe. Um, <laughs> Leave it out. <laughs> um, we got really serious and started our cash envelopes this month, and I am almost, I'm almost embarrassed to say how much we saved because I can't believe we hadn't been saving it before, but we saved $1,309. Wow. Pew, 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 pew. Like, what? Where? It was. It it is. It is amazing. Um, And honestly, so obviously I was like, oh, well, we just hit our emergency fund like that. Totally easy. Except then he had to get all of these medical things done. So it's sort of, it was, I'm, I'm counting as that, that is the win though, because when that happened, I didn't freak out. I didn't freak out because we had the money and that's what an emergency fund is for. It's for unexpected things like these medical tests and a bunch of other stuff in a pandemic, you know, the whole thing. Um, the huge, and we were able to use that. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of that moment. Uh, I'm just very happy. So the, I would say the, the not so good, the bad is, I had this in my head, and now I'm forgetting. Well, the, one of the bad is that we discovered that there's. Oh, I'll t- I'll talk about how I lied. I lied last. <laughs> That's that's what I, that's the bad. The bad is that I'm a filthy pirate liar. (laughs) No, but last week I claimed, I claimed that I had zero debt and that is just a lie. I mean, that's a lie. I, but as I spoke with Lauren this morning about when we were preparing for this podcast, I didn't consider it a debt or I didn't consider it debt because 
it, one of it is a medical procedure that I had had. And because my insurance didn't end up covering it, they discounted it by 30% and put me on a payment plan. So it's zero interest, but I pay it every month and therefore it's debt. I mean, it's money that I owe. Um, I also forgot that I lease my phone and I've just been paying the same amount every single month. And it, again, it's it doesn't accrue interest in the same way that some debts do like a credit card debt, but it's still debt. So my challenge and my homework, I guess I'll, I'll go into that too, and then I'll pass it over to Lauren for her homework. But my challenge is that I'm actually going to do the cash envelopes because they've been working well, but I'm going to do the category cash envelopes instead of the general cash envelopes, um, just because I haven't tried it before. And I want to see if maybe that changes some things for me and, and see how that goes, because it is really um, tempting for me to do cross cross spending, which is, you know, borrowing uh, laterally, but not borrowing ahead. Uh, it's easy for me to be like, well, I probably won't need gas. So I am going to get this bang energy drink, you know? So instead of doing that, I'm going to really try to not cross laterally borrow this month. I'm going to really try to just use what's in the envelope. And when it's empty, I'm going to stop spending money. Um, and then my homework for this next two weeks and really for the month is I want to get rid of all debt that I can or little expenses, kind of like Lauren talked about last week, little expenses that come out of my bank account every month, but really don't have to if I just paid it now. And a little bonus is if you get a stimulus check, that's what you should be doing, friends, with that stimulus check is paying off your debt first and then emergency funds and not just buying yourself something nice. <laughs> but there's so much cute stuff I want to buy online, Hannah. I know, I know. Save it, save it for something else. And we should clarify, that. make sure you have your $1,000 emergency fund first, please. Absolutely. Before paying off your, your debt. Yes, absolutely. Because if you get stranded with a, I don't know, your battery busts in your car. Listen. We're not going to make you push it home. We no. still want you to call AAA and pay them a few hundred bucks for the battery. That's right. So, Lauren, what's your homework? Um, so, yeah, my homework is just to accurately use my my grocery cash envelope because that's just my biggest, um, like, hemorrhage point of my budget right now where it's really easy for me to justify in the moment in my head cool. spending extra money. And I'm also going to start some sinking funds. Um because I'll share with you, we'll share with you guys these super cute sinking fund envelopes. And you know what? If it takes a cute envelope to inspire you to save money, do it. Why? Why the heck not? Yeah, do it to it. So that yeah, that's my homework. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay, before we leave and finally say goodbye to all of you amazing listeners, I want to do a, a section of the show I call Pull the Audience. And right now my audience is just Lauren. Um, but you guys can uh, hop over to Instagram and let us know what your answer is to this question. The question is, what is the one thing you keep buying thinking it's going to be useful or that you are going to use it but you never do. Lauren's going to give us her answer. I'm going to give you mine. And then we want to hear yours over there on the gram. Okay. My answer is really silly, actually. And obviously, it's food related. That's why I'm very focused this week. But I keep buying these bunches of bananas. And I have no idea why. Because my son wants maybe like half of one a week. And I buy an entire bunch of bananas. And I 
never eat them. They always turn brown and I always throw them away. And yet I always keep buying them. And it's not like a giant expense. Bananas are super cheap. But I'm never like craving one. I don't just want one for a snack. Like they always inevitably the entire bunch may be minus one completely rots away. And then I throw it away. I don't know why I buy them. But my kitchen just feels incomplete without them. So maybe I'm just going to try and eliminate those this week. But yeah, insane. I never eat them. Never. Love it. Mine is absolutely planners. I have, I buy a planner every single year and I literally never use it. I use, I will do it for a week and then I'll be like, I hate this. Why, why am I torturing myself? I never do it. And it doesn't matter. I've bought really cheap planners. I've bought Erin Condren. Isn't there an Erin Condren? Con, Condren? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> She makes real expensive planners. That's all you have to know. And I got one, never used it, ended up throwing it out. I'm never buying another planner again. Literally never again. God is my witness. All right. So I am going to go ahead and make a post about this on the Instagram. I want you to find it and tell us in the comments section, what is one thing that you keep buying that you think is going to be useful or that you will use, but you never do. All right. With that, this is the Besties Budget Podcast signing off. We hope you have an amazing week. And remember, when the envelope is empty, stop spending money.